Hi, welcome to the Charlotte Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message and that it both encourages and inspires you. Unless you're listening to it in the afternoon, then good afternoon or good evening if it's at night. Uh, we're so thrilled that you can join us uh, wherever that uh, might be. Maybe you're uh, here in sunny Queensland or you're out there somewhere in another part of the world. Wherever you might be, we want you to feel super duper welcome. If you're new to the whole church thing, you're new to Christianity in general and you're just sort of checking this out because you found it on a podcast or someone linked you to it, uh, we want you to feel super duper welcome too. We want you to know we love you, we care about you and we're believing that this next 25, 30 minutes is going to be a life changing experience for you. But I know I speak for Krista when I say a very, very heartfelt and excited welcome to our new family at Shiloh Church. Woo, pop streamers, pop your hand emojis up and all of that. Um, we're, we're thrilled, thrilled, thrilled. And uh, you can tell from this recording uh, that we're in lockdown, just like just about everybody else. I'm recording this at home. But even though we're in lockdown, you can't go anywhere. You can't talk to anybody face to face. We have not had that dampen our enthusiasm at all. We're so thrilled. It's been uh, nearly a week since Krista and I have stepped into the saddle as the senior ministers of this church and we are loving getting to know you. Thank you so much for everybody who's sharing their stories and their testimonies of what God's done in their life and in the life of this church. We're loving the, the, the incredible testimonies of God's divine healing, breakthroughs, addictions, leaving people's lives, lives being transformed, uh, amazing salvation stories, even people that have been dreaming for a life partner and have come to this church and found a husband or a wife and now they're married with kids and in some cases married with grandkids now, which is really, really cool. But uh, I got to tell you, we're pumped about that stuff. We're so thrilled as pastors for that because we always wanted to lead a church that was full of the power of God, full of testimonies and miracles. See, especially it's important for you to understand it if you're new to the whole church thing. We believe that God is as real today as He ever has been. God's as powerful today as He ever has been. The Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today and forever, which means this COVID-19 season hasn't changed who God is. He still wants to do wonders and miracles in our life if we invite Him to. And so I'm, I'm thrilled that we're leading a church that is full of those testimonies, that is built on the power of God. I want to just take a quick moment before I jump into the sermon to just honour everybody that serves in this church or has served in this church. Whether you might be a board member, you might be a department leader, you might be running a small group, a connect group, a youth leader, kids leader, you might be serving in ranges, wherever you might be. I'm just wanting to say uh, thank you so much. I honour everybody that served in the church prior and has gotten to the church to this point, particularly the senior ministers of this church, particularly uh, Pastor Al. Uh, what a great man of God. We honour him and his legacy. And uh, i got to say, it, it's exciting because we believe that um, you guys have built such a great legacy that we get to step into. And, uh, and, you know, ultimately we believe that God isn't finished with His church. We believe that because Jesus is the head of the church, the greatest days for this church are ahead of us. Because ultimately it's not my church, it's not Krista's church, it's Jesus' church. We're all serving Him. We're all serving His vision. And God has great things in store for this church. God has not finished the book that is Shiloh Church. We're starting a new chapter, but the book is still to come. And so um, we're excited. I got to tell you though, it's time to get stuck into the Word of God. 
One thing that you'll learn about Christian and I, we love the Bible. It's life-changing. I got into the Bible even before I became a Christian because I noticed the impact that it had on my life. And for me particularly, I've always found the more obscure parts of the Bible quite interesting. I love to read the bits that other people want to skip over. So I want to look at a really, really obscure, bizarre part of Scripture today. So if you've got a Bible, open it up. If you've got a pen and paper, take notes. If you want to launch a notepad application on your computer or a note-taking app on your phone, that's cool. Wherever you might be, whether you're podcasting or whatever, get a Bible, get a pen and paper, get something to take notes with, get a cup of tea if it's early in the morning and you're drinking your tea. Um, We're going to get stuck into the book of Judges, chapter 6. We're going to be reading verses 11 to 14, Judges, chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, you don't have to be left out. Um, Not only have I brought mine and I'm going to read it to you, but you could actually Google this. If you Google Judges chapter 6, it will come up and you'll be able to follow. We're reading from verse 11. While you turn to Judges chapter 6, let me quickly pray. God, I pray right now that you would begin to speak to people. God, I pray for divine encounters. God, I pray wherever they may be, whether they may be at home, whether they're on a plane, whether they're walking the dog, whether they're washing dishes, I pray, Lord Jesus, it would be like you walked into the room that we would have a divine encounter so that when we walk out of this message, wherever we are, that we would be forever changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Judges chapter 6 and verse 11. Are you ready? It says, Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, which is, by the way, where Oprah got her name uh, from. Small, uh, small little tidbit fact for you there. Which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abiza. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. Pause. Now, If you're married or you live with somebody that loves the History Channel, they're probably super excited right now. It's history. Their synapses are firing in their brain. But if you're not wired that way, you're probably thinking, man, why are they so excited? Um, That's because a lot has just happened in this verse. But to save you the trouble of having to spend the next 10 hours on Google figuring this out, let let me bring you up to speed. So basically, this particular part of Scripture was written in a period of time and targeted primarily in that period of time at an ancient Jewish people. And in that uh, society, in that part of the world, when you introduce someone, you usually just wouldn't say, oh, here's Sally or here's Sarah or here's Tim or here's Rick or whatever. You would actually go and talk about somebody's family history. And that was a way of establishing a kind of a first impressions. So for me, if I was to introduce myself, I might say something like, Hi, I'm Philip, son of Dennis, uh, grandson of uh, uh, Ivan and Vinko uh, from Croatia. And I might give you a little bit of history like that so that you could establish a first impression before I said uh, any more than that. And so this is what the Bible's doing. It's establishing a first impression for a guy called Gideon. Now, (laughs) that's pretty interesting because Gideon is not the kind of guy that you would expect to be the star of any story at all. And the Bible makes that clear by giving his family history. See, Gideon's family was kind of the least significant, the least important, the least successful. Uh, This term sounds a little bit harsh, but it's kind of the vibe that it's trying to create. Gideon was kind of a loser from a family of losers. He came from a part of Israel that wasn't much to write home about. You know, there's always one suburb in an area that people are like, oh, you don't want to come from there. Uh, Gideon was basically the dude who was the biggest loser in that suburb. So his family was not great and he was the most not great version of that family. 
Single ladies were not lining up for a ring from Gideon. Let me put that out there, right? Gideon was not the bee's knees. And so here we have the angel of the Lord visiting him. Now, a lot of scholars believe that the angel of the Lord was Jesus. So Jesus turns up to see Gideon. So if you're an ancient Jew and you're reading this, you're thinking, what is the angel of the Lord going to say to Gideon? Is he going to call him out for being a loser? Is he going to say that his family is full of failures and part of that failure has caused problems for the nation? Is he going to point out that the Midianites, which are referred to here, who have subjected the nation of Israel to a torment and kind of, to be honest, almost their own sort of semi-ISO period where they're afraid to go out and they, you know, they're worried that if they do the littlest thing, they're going to get, you know, in a whole bunch of trouble. Is the angel of the Lord going to say to Gideon, well, you're part of the problem. Is he going to judge him? In fact, the angel of the Lord finds Gideon threshing wheat in a wine press, which means Gideon is a farmer, but he's not a successful farmer. See, most other farmers would be taking all of their uh, grain and they put it in a big storehouse and then they would get like an oxen or a donkey or whatever to crush it all. That's how much they would actually have. Gideon, not successful at all, takes his little pile of grain, goes to a little spot in a little hole in the ground where you stomp on grapes to make wine and he threshes it by hand because he doesn't have enough. He doesn't need an animal. So you think, you're thinking as an ancient Jew, maybe... Maybe the angel of the Lord's going to call him out. Say, you're not even a good farmer. You're a failure. I read that and I think to myself, you know, maybe I'm a bit like Gideon some days. I mean, if there was a movie about this particular part of the Bible, about Judges chapter 6, Gideon would not have been played by the rock, right? You know what I mean? He was not an action hero. Um, He was kind of more of a Woody Allen type of vibe, right? So... I have days where I feel a bit like that. I, I don't know about you. I have days where I just don't feel like, I, you know, I get everything right. Maybe you're like, well, I, you know, Phil, I know what you're talking about. Man, this week, ISO homeschooling, I'm not winning any awards. Like, uh, we didn't do a lot of schoolwork. Or maybe you've got challenges at work right now. Or maybe in this ISO period, you've even lost your job. Maybe you're like, well, I've been single for so long. Uh, now that I'm reading Gideon, I, I feel a little bit like that. Maybe... You see here, Gideon's kind of lost his faith at this point. Maybe you're here and, again, you're new to the whole Christian thing and you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't even know where God is or who God is. And so in the middle of that, God turns up. This is what God says. Verse 12. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero. A lot of translations say mighty warrior. This translation says mighty hero. You'll understand why in a minute. Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Huh. It's a strange thing to say to Gideon because he's not exactly mighty. He's not kicking goals in life. He's not scoring touchdowns. There's no tries. Gideon is not successful at all. He's not mighty. He's weak. He's been defeated again and again and again. He's from a family that's been crushed again, again and again. He's from a tribe that's been pushed around again, again and again. And he's in a nation that has been crushed by the enemy again and again and again. And so Gideon is afraid. Gideon is insecure. Gideon is weak. The last thing you would want to call Gideon, I would think, would be mighty. And yet Jesus shows up and that's what he calls him. Then he says, mighty warrior, which is just a bizarre thing to say. He wasn't a warrior. He was a farmer and not a very good one at that. That would be like, I show up in your living room right now 
and I say, greetings, mighty CEO. And you're like, I'm not a CEO, I'm a plumber and I'm a third year apprentice at that. Or if I sit next to you on the train, I say, greetings, mighty warrior. And you're like, actually, I'm a stay at home mum. <laughs> and there are my kids running around feral on the other side of the train. I'm not a mighty warrior. I think you got the wrong profession. You know, he looks at Gideon and he calls him a mighty warrior, which is just such a bizarre thing to do if you think about it. And it gets even more bizarre because he's a mighty warrior, which is why this translation calls him a mighty hero because you can't be a mighty warrior if you're not heroic. A mighty warrior or a mighty hero is somebody that wins battles, changes the tide of history, rescues widows and orphans and children, is full of courage and bravery and and valiant and all of that good stuff, all of those verbiage. But uh, Gideon seems to be none of those things at all. In fact, when God finds him, he's hiding. Mighty warrior? Nah, you got the wrong guy. Gideon, this is what he says in response to this. Sir, Gideon replied, verse 13. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why all? Why has all this happened to us? I mean, where, where are the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? Pause. <laughs> Gideon says what so many of us feel, I think, at times. We're like, man, if God is on my side, why does it look like this? I prayed all those times. Why did that happen? Mighty warrior? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know about that. Mighty warrior? Yeah, I think you got the wrong house, God. If I was a mighty warrior, I'd be a better parent than this. My kids would not uh, be struggling the way they are with homeschool life. Mighty warrior? Yeah, I don't know about that. I think he got the wrong house because if I was a mighty warrior, I wouldn't be jobless. But guess what happened with COVID? Thank you very much. Mighty warrior? Nah. (laughs) No, no. I think you mean the guy across the street. If I was a mighty warrior, Lord, why am I still single? Hello, answer that question, God. Mighty warrior? Yeah. um, Thrilled that you want to call our church that, God. But if we were of Church of Mighty Warriors, wouldn't our church look like this church? Or wouldn't it look like that church? Or wouldn't that have happened by now, God? Why did this happen? No, 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 no. Not us. Not Mighty Warriors. You mean those guys over there. And so Gideon feels the way so much... Uh, of us have felt over the years, the way so many people are, are crying out on Twitter and on Facebook and all those things right now and are asking these tough questions, Gideon feels the same way. But the crazy thing is Gideon has the guts to look at God and, and call God out on what he feels that God's mistakes are. He has the guts to insult God, throw shade at God, right? He has the guts to slander God in a sense. And God's response to that, I think he's incredible. Does God... Um, hit him with a bolt of lightning? No. Does God say, listen here, Gideon, I think you're not the kind of guy that should be calling me out for anything. You're kind of a loser. He doesn't do that at all. Does he say to Gideon, you need to, you need to understand where you're wrong and, like, and, and go on an intellectual argument to prove that he's wrong? No. Does he say, Gideon, you need to understand my side of the story and explain his side of the story? No. And that's because there's something really important here that God understands. It proves his depth of emotional wisdom, his emotional intelligence. And it's something I think that especially as people and as leaders, we need to learn. Sometimes when we're crying out for answers, it's actually not answers that we want. 
Sometimes when accusations are being thrown around, it's not an intellectual argument that that person needs. Sometimes when we are struggling, what we really need is to be heard, to be understood, to someone to be able to feel what we're feeling, and then we need change. It doesn't matter who's right or wrong sometimes if we don't see change. And Gideon, he needed change. His life was a struggle town. His family was in struggle town. His tribe and his nation was in struggle town. It felt like he was in a world of struggle town. And yet, sure, it would have been great to have an intellectual argument or whatever, but what he really needed was he needed to be heard. He needed to be understood. He needed God to feel where he was coming from and he needed God to bring change. So watch what God does in response to Gideon's accusations. Verse 14, God completely takes it on the chin. Are you ready? Verse 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. Now, spoiler alert. You can read it in your own time. Judges uh, talks about the rest of Gideon's life. It's absolutely incredible. And he's referenced in other parts of the Bible. Gideon actually becomes the guy that God calls him to be. He actually does become a mighty hero. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 11, which is kind of like the sports hall of fame for the Bible, right? It's the hall of fame for people of faith. Gideon is placed in the same league as King David and uh, as Samson or all of those kinds of people. He's one of the most incredible leaders in the Bible. He's one of the most brilliant military tacticians. He sees amazing things happen. He becomes one of the rulers of Israel, an incredible, incredible man of God. But he didn't start out like that in Judges chapter 6. And I think so many of us, we're like, well, hey, Phil, it's all good to have the Gideon from Hebrews chapter 11, but right now I'm feeling a lot like the Gideon from Judges chapter 6. Man, I'm going stir crazy in my house. I haven't been able to leave in weeks. Man, I've got struggles in all these areas. Man, I'm also asking God for change. Lord, I do not want to stay this way. I am over it. I am sick of it. I need a shift. So I want to tell you the three things I think that we can see in Gideon's life. And if you can get a hold of this, it'll change your life. Three quick things and then we're going to wrap the service up. Number one, if you're taking notes, God sees a future for us that we don't see for ourselves. If you're taking notes, number one, God sees a future for us that we don't see for ourselves. Yeah, Gideon thought he knew it all. I mean, he thought, well, I know where I'm headed. I know where my family's headed. I know where this nation's headed and it ain't good. So Gideon had a perspective that this was going to end a certain way. And God came in and said, you know what, Gideon? It isn't going to be like that. It's going to be like this. God saw things differently. Now, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know everybody's story in our church yet. I don't know everyone's story who's tuning in online. But you might feel like you've got it figured out. Phil, I'm headed in this direction. Phil, it's going to go like this. Man, you just don't understand, Phil. It's tough for me. It's a tough situation. It's a tough thing. Hey, I'm here to tell you that it might look that way to you. But if you will trust God, God sees a picture for yourself that you don't see. God sees a future for yourself that you don't see. His future is bright. When God looked at Gideon, he saw success, he saw strength, he saw valor, he saw a career change, he saw a relationship shift, he saw a whole bunch of things. And I believe when God looks at your life, he sees many of those things too. I believe God's saying, hey, it does not have to be the way it is pictured in your mind's eye. If you will trust me, I can bring a change. You say, yeah, but Phil, man, if you saw my four kids, 
you'd be like, whew, if they just passed school, that's a victory. Yeah, maybe, maybe it feels that way. But what if you're raising the next Michael Jordan or the next Scott Morrison or the next Steven Spielberg? I, I don't know. What if you've got a real incredible uh, uh, future with these kids that people are going to write stories about? You have absolutely no idea, but I tell you who does. God, it's time to shift your thinking. Yeah, but Phil, you know, my business, man, this whole COVID thing, I think it's going to end this way. Hey, I understand you think it's going to end that way, but how about you bring God into the situation and ask God, what does he see when he looks at your business? What does he see when he looks at your corporate department? What does he see when he looks in uh, your career? Because he might see what you don't see. In fact, I'd willing to bet that God would see things about you that you don't see in yourself. That's God. That's his incredible power. And I believe that we need to shift our, our field of view onto God's field of view. I believe when God looks at Shiloh Church, He sees things that we don't see. Ah, oh, well, Phil, you don't understand, mate. We're just a church and we're just having a crack for Jesus out here. And we're just, you're just getting it on and it's just in this way. And you know, no, 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 no. We've got to shift what we see and we've got to focus on what God sees because what He sees for Shiloh Church is incredible. Number two, God sees a strength in us that we don't see in ourselves. God sees a strength within us that we don't see in ourselves. I think this is one of the most fascinating parts of this scripture. See, the first time I read it, I looked at Gideon and I thought, God has walked in. Jesus has walked in smack bang in the middle of his failure because clearly he's not that successful a farmer. I mean, he doesn't have oxen and and cattle crushing massive grain because he's got some huge grain storehouse. He's got a pilly little bit of grain and he's got to put it in a little wine press and he's got to, you know, basically thresh it by hand because he doesn't actually have that much. But see, the angel of the Lord, Jesus looks at things differently. So many people would have gone what Gideon had gone through and just completely given up. But Gideon has the bravery to get out of his house and try something different, try something clever. See, What we looked at as weakness, God says, I see a strength in that. Gideon says, well, I don't have much strength. God says, you got more strength than you know. And it's funny, when I was praying and when I was fasting and and really pressing into the Holy Spirit about this message, but also about our church, I felt like God said, you know, Phil, you got to tell them they're stronger than they know. They're stronger than they know. I believe if God could text you right now, He would flick your text with a little, hey, you're stronger than you know, and then an arm flex emoji and then a fist bump emoji. You are stronger than you know. Come on, if you're on the live chat right now, throw the little hand emojis up in the air, little prayer emojis, fist bump emojis, whatever you want to do. But let me tell you, you're stronger than you know. You say, how do you know that, Phil? Uh, you know, Phil, if you knew where my marriage was at and we're in Struggle Street right now, mate, you wouldn't say that. Hey, I, I will say that because there are a lot of people that have gone through what you've gone through and they would be divorced right now, but you're still pushing on. You're still fighting to keep your marriage. You're stronger than you know. Ah, oh, well, Phil, you know my business, mate. It's taken a real hit with covid It's a real, you don't understand, buddy. Hey, I do understand that you're going through some stuff right now, but there are other businesses who wouldn't be doing as well as yours right now. You're stronger than you know. Yeah, you know, but this this, this church, Phil, we've been been through a lot, mate. You know, we just, you know, it's, 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 it's been tough. Hey, I understand it's been tough, but there are a lot of other churches who would have gone through the stuff that Shiloh would have gone through and they would have shut down by now, but we're still pushing on. We're still fighting. We're still going after it. We're stronger than we know. And I believe that God is saying to you, you are stronger than you know. 
You're stronger than you've given yourself credit for. You're stronger than other people have given yourself credit for. Other people would have given up by now. Other people would have walked away right now. Other people would have said, well, that bad relationship's going to define my life right now. But you have pushed through. You are stronger than you know. You are stronger than you know. You are stronger than you know. Number three, last point, and then I'm going to close. God sees an anointing on you that you don't see on yourself. God sees an anointing on you that you don't see on yourself. You know, Gideon, this is one of the most defining parts of his life. This is, this is a real shift. And we're going to look at um, a Gideon's story a little bit further next week. So there'll be the sequel to this movie. I can't wait for you to see it. It's going to be great. Um, uh, but Gideon, Gideon has a real shift. And that's because when he walks out, it's not just his strength. It's not just his vision for his life. The anointing of God rests upon him. Now, uh, we don't have time to really dig deep into what the anointing is and how it applies to your life because uh, we're coming to the end of this message. But this is what I would say to you. The anointing of God is God's supernatural empowerment to accomplish His will. The anointing in God is God's supernatural empowerment to accomplish His will. It's like God supercharges your engine to get you to the finish line. Now, you know, and if you, again, if you're watching this, chuck up your little car emojis Type an amen, share it with somebody because I believe people need to hear this. The anointing of God uh, is, is him supercharging your ability to accomplish his will. And so Gideon goes out and he doesn't go out in his own strength. He goes out in his strength and he goes out with God. Gideon doesn't go out with his picture of the world. He goes out with his picture of the world, yep, but then supersedes that with the picture of God. And I believe, uh, it's funny, I was praying about uh, our church. I was praying about this first COVID season and I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, a Gideon anointing is going to descend upon this church. A Gideon anointing is going to descend upon this church. And if there's one thing that you should get excited about, it's that. Because we have learned in COVID, a church is not just a building. Although, hey, we meet in a building and cool, we got an address on Google and all that. A church, though, is really, it's people. Which means if you're listening to it right now, when I'm talking about a Gideon anointing resting upon the church, I'm talking about it resting on you. A breakthrough anointing, an overcoming anointing, the kind of anointing that breaks the power and the yoke of the Midianites of your life the enemies of your life, the kind of anointing that shifts your reputation. It talks about Gideon in chapter 11 about how there was a shift in his reputation. Well, people might have said this about you. People might have said that about you. But I'm telling you, a Gideon anointing is coming your way and it is going to change the way people look about you. It is going to change the way people talk about you. It is going to change the way people look at our church and talk about a church. I believe an anointing is descending upon us today. And maybe, uh, again, you're new to the whole church thing. Hey, this applies to you as well. I believe that there is an anointing that is coming from God. I feel it in my spirit, even as I'm preaching these words. And you might be listening to this on a podcast. You might be live streaming it here this morning. You might be streaming it later on tonight. Wherever you hear this, however you hear this, I believe a Gideon anointing is resting upon our church, which means it's resting upon you. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to pray in a moment, but before I do, I am committed to seeing the Gideon anointing outworked in this church. And so uh, Monday through to Friday, while this COVID season is happening, at 10 a.m. in the morning for just five minutes, I'm going to jump online on my social media accounts. 
I'm going to share a quick devotional word, but what I really want to do uh, is I want to be praying for miraculous power to be unleashed in your life. If you have a prayer need in any area, big or small, jump online between 10 and 10.05, or even if you just want to jump online and join with me in prayer, come on, let's stand together as a church. I'm going to believe for breakthrough. Maybe your neighbor or your unsafe friend has got a prayer request, bring that too. Maybe you can't make it because uh, you know, you're know you working at that period of time or, or you've got a Zoom meeting for your kid's school, that's fine too. Hey, just text or, 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 or um, uh, you know Facebook or inbox, whatever. Use it. There's so many different technology platforms now. Use whatever platform you're comfortable with, but send me through your prayer requests so that I can pray. We're going to pray every single day, uh, Monday through to Friday, throughout this COVID season. And we are going to believe that the breakthrough anointing, the Gideon anointing will unlock the miraculous power in your life. We're believing for sickness to have its last day. We're believing for uh, panic attacks to be gone. We're going to believe for night terrors to be gone. We're going to be believing for a complete shift because that is what's on this church. We're going to dig up the old well. We're going to Embrace the Gideon anointing because I believe that something great is coming our way. Now, we, as we begin to wrap up this message, uh, I just want to pray for a couple groups of people. The first group of people I want to pray for is people who need an encounter with Jesus. You know, the thing about Gideon is uh, he had an encounter with the angel of the Lord. That was the defining moment that shifted everything. And if you have an encounter with Jesus Christ, it will completely change your life. You need Jesus. Because Jesus is the one that sees a future that you don't see for yourself. You need Jesus because Jesus is the one that sees a strength in you and it sees an ability to overcome the Midianites that you don't see in yourself. And you need Jesus because ultimately you need His anointing power to rest on your life so that you can accomplish God's will for you, so that you can achieve the things that He is seeing for you, so that you can overcome the enemy with the strength that you have. You need the Lord. You need God. I'm not asking if you're religious. I'm not asking if you go to church. You can't go to church right now. I'm asking if Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. That means He's in charge. That means you listen to Him. You do what He says. Like if you study Gideon's life like he did, that means that He's your Saviour, which means He forgives you for every single bad thing you've ever done. And come on, let's get real. It's just you. I'm not even in front of you right now other than being on your screen. We've all done some dumb things. We've all sinned. We've all made mistakes. We all need Jesus. I'm not asking you if you're religious. I'm asking if Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. And maybe you've, 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 you've never made a decision to invite Jesus in as Lord of your life. Or maybe if you're honest, you have, but you're kind of a bit like Gideon. You're, you're kind of estranged from God. You kind of walked away a little bit and you need to come back. And just like Gideon found the Lord sitting under the tree, you've kind of found God randomly on this podcast or live stream, wherever you're listening to this. I believe that God can change your life. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray a really, really simple prayer. You say, yeah, but Phil, I'm not with you right now. I, I don't have to be there because it isn't about me. It's about you and God. So I'm going to pray a really simple prayer. All you have to do is repeat that prayer after me. At the end of that prayer, you will be a Christian. Every single thing I preach today will be true for you and it will be true for your life. You will see what God can do. So I just want you to pray that prayer for me, whether it's the first time or the hundredth time. After you've prayed that prayer, let me encourage you, tell someone, I'd love to hear about it. It would make my day. Uh, whether you just uh, jump on the chat and you start telling people on the chat, we'd love to hear that. Or you send us a message or you inbox us or you call the church office. Hey, just get in touch. We'd love to hear about this incredible decision you've made. But all you need to do is you just need to pray this prayer. Are you ready? Come on, repeat after me. 
Dear Jesus, please come into my life as Lord and Saviour. Help me to follow you all my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, that's it. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or for the hundredth time, we just want to say congratulations. Um, If you're on the chat, chuck your congratulations emojis up, your balloons and your confetti and all that kind of stuff, hands in the air. You have just made the most incredible decision. I remember when I made that decision, it was a a few years ago now, but it was a complete life changer for me. Best decision I ever made. And I'm believing it's the best decision you're ever going to make as well. Um, But I don't just want to pray for people that have encountered Jesus for the first time. I also want to pray for people who need to see what Jesus sees as far as their future goes. I want to pray for people who need uh, to receive that extra dose of strength because they're like, Phil, I ain't feeling it, man. (laughs) I I can't do another week like this week. Or maybe uh, you just want that anointing. I'm going to be praying for that too. So first up, come on, if you, need a, if you need to see what Jesus sees, I just want you to stretch your hands towards the screen or if you're podcasting this, hold your phone or whatever you're podcasting it on. Jesus, I just pray right now that you would help them to see what you see. God, help to shift their gaze to the future that you've got destined for them. How about to stretch out, take a leap of faith, Lord God, and follow what you've got in store for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, if you need some strength right now, if you're like, man, I need strength in my business or I need strength at home or strength in some other area of your life, you just stretch your hand to the screen or stretch your hand to wherever you're podcasting this from. Jesus, I just pray right now that there would be a downpour of strength into people's lives, a divine impartation of strength, Lord God, that you would show them the part of their heart where you've been locking away the strength that they haven't seen, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Last one, I just want to pray for the Gideon anointing to rest upon you. But it doesn't matter where you are when you're hearing this. You might be out walking the dog up in bushland somewhere in one of the newest states and you just got this plane in your ears. I believe wherever you are right now, you don't need me to physically be there because the anointing doesn't come from me. It comes from God. I believe that God is going to pour out a Gideon anointing upon this church. Maybe you're even listening to this. You're not from this church, but you can feel a stir in your spirit. You're like, there's an overflow there. I want that. Come on, if, if you want that anointing, young or old, you might have been a Christian for a hundred years or you might have literally just have prayed that prayer. If you love the Lord Jesus, this thing applies for you. Come on, stretch your hands towards the screen. God, I pray right now that you would impart your anointing, that Gideon anointing, where you would be imparted right now, right across the board for this church. I pray that it would fall upon this church in a mighty way, in a powerful way. God, let that breakthrough anointing rest upon every man, woman and child that wants this right now. God, I pray for a shift in circumstance. I pray for a flood of testimonies to begin to come through right now. Breakthrough and change to fall upon people right now. Let that anointing break yoke. Lord God, let it break bondages and addictions and all kinds of stuff, Lord God. I pray that that anointing would work so powerfully that people that are away from you, people that don't even believe you're real, Lord God, would see what's happening in people's lives and say, what is going on there, Lord God? They would begin to question their own belief in divinity as a result of seeing the power of your anointing unleashed in people's lives and unleashed in this church. In Jesus' name, amen. I am Thank you for joining our podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. You can connect with us at shilohchurch.com.au.